Hello and welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. It's episode 95, The Conjuring 2. And tonight we have with us Jess. Hello. Ewan. Hello. Of course, I'm Kev. And no Larry, as he's in Amsterdam at a Heineken Museum. Fair play. Having a great time, it looks like. Yeah, a great time. What have you been up to this week? Working. I didn't actually watch that much this week. I'm quite shocked myself. Though, yeah, there was a lot of football this week and a lot of uh, messing about around at work trying to get everything finished. But yeah, and now I'm off to Bournemouth from tomorrow for a week. It's be lovely. Jess, what have you been up to? Uh, work, mostly. Um, we went out for burgers. Got to see my little we, brother. We Don't did, very yeah. often, which was nice. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. Uh, and then, obviously, work today with the eldest brother. Yep. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> He's doing all right, actually. Yeah. Is he? Bit of a gob on him, but... <laughs> He's doing all yeah. right. Will he still have a job when you go? Do you want to hang in there? Yeah. <laughs> That's on him. I think wow. So you and I presume you've been watching lots of stuff this week. Yeah, well, uh, the Londonville Festival is in full swing uh, this week. Uh, it started officially for everyone else on the 5th of October, so on Wednesday. Um, and I've been enjoying a, a slew of good movies and some bad ones too. Um, and then today I realized I've got something. I, I, I reckon it's a cold, which I, I think Jess is suffering from as well. Yeah, um so, sorry, I'll just apologize for the listeners and the viewers right now. <laughs> if you hear me coughing or dreading stuff, but no, it's been a good, it's been a good, it's been a good festival, and I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed myself. Um, we'll get onto what I watched uh, later, I assume, but uh, yeah, yeah, plenty, right. plenty of that then. Yeah. So, let, let, let's uh, move on to this conjuring two, which I like a lot. Is this you've oh, seen the door's before? opening, the door open. Oh my god, the spirit, Kev. Oh no! The spirit, Kev. Look, can you see in the corner? Oh God, what's going to happen? <laughs> Is the ghost of Michael Myers? <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. Is it the cat? Is it a child? It, it's a creature. Oh, there it's we go. A cat. It's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> We have a visitor on the Bones yes. podcast. This is Dexter. Dexter oh, nice. it's uh, Larry's replacement. Yeah, <laughs> not quite as hairy, are you, mate? So, uh... <laughs> right, okay. So, I'm gonna have to put you down, mate. Okay, sorry about that. Here you go. Come sit there. <laughs> Here, relax in a minute. We'll start. Open the door. I know he's clever. Right, he's always done it. <laughs> it's quite a big door as well. Yeah. Um all glazing. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be doing weird things now. So like conjuring two, let's let's talk about that. Sure. Uh, which came out in 2016 and it cost 40 million dollars and uh had a box office of 321, which is pretty amazing. Um 134 minutes long. So directed by James Wan again, starring Vera. Famiga, is it? I think so, There's Lorraine. Yeah. Patrick Wilson is Ed Warren. 
Madison Wolf as Janet and Bonnie Aarons as the nun. Right, hang on a minute. Let me just let him out. Go on then. He'll let himself back in in a minute. So <laughs> let's do my introduction. In 1977, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren come out of a self-imposed sabbatical to travel to Enfield, a borough in London. Call fucking blimey governor. So there hang on. Go. Why did you turn into the big brother announcer? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I'd try something different. A little bit of London uh, there. A little bit London. Yeah, a little bit of London there. London. You don't sound yeah. very London, though. Um, yes, I love this film a lot. And I could talk about it for ages. And Jess, you've seen it a few times, I presume. Yeah. And I've seen it, I don't know, about 10 times, I expect. Um, little one was watching it with me last night for about five minutes and then gave it a miss. I think the nun done that. Mm. Uh, how many times have you seen it, Ewan? Uh, this is my second time. Um, and interestingly, it's sort of... Uh, I kind of liked it the first time. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, this time, even though I think it's better than the than the first film, um, I've got mixed opinions about it now. Um, okay. Yeah. So what are you thinking on the Rotten Tomatoes then? I think people enjoyed this film, maybe not as much as the first one. So maybe something like 76. Oh, it's close. Mm. Jess, Jess. I was going to say 76. Uh, oh, good. Oh, okay. 80%. So was the first one 86 or something? Yeah. So slightly, I thought it was a better film, personally. Um, I didn't, is, did it have wardrobes in? I don't it had it. a wardrobe. Well, well, the second one did have a wardrobe, just nothing came out of it. Yeah. Oh. So, starts off with the Amateurville, kind of horror which mm -hmm. I know the Warrens were involved with briefly, I think. Um, and, and then it goes to the Enfield Haunting, and I actually don't know really how much the Warrens had to do with that, and though they've made a film out of it. Um, I don't think it was a great deal of presence I there. think, it, yeah, well, it's, it's confusing, isn't it? If you're just good to go by the um, what the film tells us, uh, they sort of... Uh, so, so, well, after a lot of like doing stuff in America, they they come to England to London to investigate this family's ghost or poltergeist or whatever you want to call it um, at the Enfield House in North London. Um, it's nineteen seventy seven, isn't it? So nineteen seventy seven, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it's interesting because I I feel like their involvement or at least their their contribution in the film seems to be building up a franchise <laughs> um <laughs> because because i mean to go through spoilers straight away it kind of um so basically uh they go to this house they try and investigate whatever ghostly thing is they they establish that it's um, an old man who used to live there and he goes around saying, this is my house and, uh, and oh, stuff like ass. that. My, my ass. ass. Yeah, my ass, yeah. Um, and then after a lot of sort of investigating, the the Warrens decide that this is not really worth their time, which I thought was slightly callous of them as 
as demonologists um, in, that, in that case, if I were to go by the fiction of the film. Um, and then they they get on a train um, <laughs> and an empty, a conveniently empty carriage, I noticed, um, and they get out um, recordings which they took of the supposed possession of uh, Janet, who's the main girl who's possessed by this uh, sort of old man demon thing. And they establish that it's actually uh, the demon Valak um, who takes the form of a nun who's been stopping the old man from ascending into the afterlife or, or something like that. Um, again, I, I, I found that angle quite convoluted and just just clearly to me it, it was building up the nun and the crooked man um they made a spin-off of the nun uh the crooked man has yet to be um it's it was it's, it's been in development for quite a long time i mean since the conjuring 2 came out i think but it still hasn't seen the light of day yet um and i wonder if that's because there's not much information about the crooked man i, I think except for the fairy tale of mother goose yeah i, I don't think it was great i know nun 2 is next year yeah i think people really liked uh the nun or at least uh, had a good uh box office um i hated but... it did uh, who most hated people, it most people, most did they yeah, oh uh, well yeah as far, as far as i can't remember what the rotten were i, I mean didn't i didn't like it, it but... <laughs> I, I went to the cinema and watched it and it was entertaining a bit it was a bit she's a bit same same old same old isn't it all the time with the nun. yeah yeah um but interestingly with this film Sorry, with this film, um, I think the reason why I liked it more than the first one is because it felt um, more human, I guess. Uh, it was sort of, I liked the sort of that they got into, they sort of dug into the emotions of the characters and you sort of, they're built up and you begin to like them, um, uh, except for the sceptic, which I noticed. Uh, the, the one the one sceptic that's in the film who's a a parapsychologist her, her name escapes me but uh she is is also there as the sort of resident skeptic of the situation she's very two-dimensional as a character i thought um which kind of goes to my Absolutely. theory that this that this series is anti-skeptic anti-skepticism um it's at, but at the same time it's actually interesting how they approach it in that they do look for the alternatives um you know the, the alternative possibilities of what it could be. So I thought I thought I thought that 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 was something which the second film did that the first film didn't. They actually treated the the skepticism with some credence, um, which I which I actually appreciated. Um, it's just the character was a bit shit, um, but it was. Uh, but yeah, as I say, it's, it, it was it was it was far more human. I was quite I was quite interested in that, and I was I liked how sort of Patrick Wilson's character Ed Warren became like a surrogate father to like the the family by playing elvis on the guitar and, and stuff like that i also thought that the i mean james i i have issues with james one but i think he, he is a very good visual director um i think the shots in this were very were, were sort of supersede the, the first one um i particularly like um the shot i think it's the best scene in the film where they sort of, when Ed and Lorraine Warren essentially draw out the demon out of Janet and you've got Patrick Wilson on the left of the frame in focus and you've got Janet out 
um, at, yeah. in the background, out of focus, and she sort of out of focus. She kind of tra- transforms into the old man demon. I thought that scene was done very well, um, and uh, it is. It, I, 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 I I didn't find it as scary the second time. The first time I found it, I found it fairly scary. Um, but I, but this time, I, but I, but I still, I still liked how it was done. I, I, it would be quite interesting to see how how they did it. I mean, obviously, it's well, CGI has a lot to do with it, but it's kind of I don't know. It's quite interesting the sort of transition, and it's it's not it's not a noticeable transition at all. And I think they've they've done it quite um, they've composed it quite well. Um, however, it's it still has that thing where it's it's not boring. I'll give I'll give it that much. I I was entertained throughout. Two I did hours think it was long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two hours ten. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought that's a bit too long. I, th- I think I think most horror movies should be around hour forty, hour fifty. I think. Yeah. Um. However, I think the le- the length allowed allowed the characters to breathe and it allowed you to relate to them and stuff like that. I quite enjoyed how London was depicted. Um. It's not. I, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's 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 grey and miserable and overcast. And um, I I did think playing uh, London Calling by the Clash was a was a, was, was a bit on the nose um, uh, because how many films have done that, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's uh, and it's quite interesting that all the archive footage and stuff of the time they didn't really use it. It doesn't really come into come into the film at all but you know the fans having fights with the police that song like that. came out about that time now i think as well. yeah well it was yeah it was it was the sort of punk record i guess but it's yeah. it's sort of i feel like it's been overused in movies i think but also i i feel like that this this film even though it has the occasional cliche i feel like it, it wasn't as cliched or predictable as as the first one was and i and i and i quite liked that you could see that they were trying to go for something uh more emotionally intense more psychologically intense um there's no ambiguity or at least there there isn't until like there's some ambiguity until like the third act when they figure out it's it's valak and it becomes sort of i don't know it becomes a bit silly in my in my in my mind even though i like how they built up the nun sort of like being in the warren's corridor um i thought it was a bit weird that they left their daughter behind after the daughter saw valak um I, I'm assuming they 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 put her with a relative or something rather than staying in the house in which the, the nun turns up. Um but I thought I thought overall I, I thought I, I quite enjoyed the experience. Um I can poke holes in it, but it it was it was enjoyable. My ass. My ass, yeah. <laughs> so um did you notice any of the Velak stuff in it? With the I know there was some kind of cubes when they were when she was lorraine was back at her house on the i think she was on the phone there was some like toy cubes with letters on them in the background and that did spell out valak oh well it's only when, it's, it's only when you've watched that there's something to do with a car yeah. as well but it, there's a couple of things that I, I remember watching it was i think the second or third time i noticed because it's before really she knows its name as well um but it's, it's hidden there quite obvious when you watch it back mm. Um, I just thought it was it was great. Uh, I went to cinema see that on my own, I think, originally, um, and, and really enjoyed it. And there was lots of it's great. There's, there's lots of youngsters were watching it. I think it was a fifteen. I think, mm. um, 
and yeah, it, it did cause a few screams and that in there. Mm-hmm. I imagine the, the, the sound system would have been would have been alright because I I didn't yeah. I didn't jump at all in this film. I might have done the first time I watched it, but the second time I wasn't uh, wasn't that afraid. I, you know, I don't jump very often to be honest, and I will talk about smile a bit later because something happened there that. It was one of the funniest things I've seen at a cinema. It makes it <laughs> worth going to the cinema. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I just thought it was it was a great introduction. I thought the nun scenes were really well done, especially with the the painted picture scene and things like yeah. that. I thought when I watched it the first time, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the end, I'm not, I think it falls a little short. It's um, a bit cheesy, isn't it? It's yeah. a bit sort of. I, I again that that's something I don't really like when they do it in horror films because I feel like horror films are meant to be are meant to end on hopelessness. I I I, I don't I don't think that should be a rule, but I think I think there's a certain nihilism to horror films that that make it that make it dark and make it horrible and make you scared to watch them. Whereas with the Conjuring series, or at least the these two, there's I mean, first of all, you kind of know there's going to be a happy ending and that no one's going to get killed, um, but also it's kind of I don't know. They, you know, it's Ed and Lorraine Warren dancing to Elvis. I mean, it's, it's sort of a bit, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's sort of, and it's. Uh, I feel like I think, it should have ended on the, um, on the chair, because um, I thought I thought I thought you know, it, despite the fact I don't believe in it at all that it actually happened, I like the sort of you know the text of where it says, oh, um. Uh, the mother stayed and until she died in 2003 and she died in the exact same chair where the old man died and then it go, it sort of goes onto the chair i thought that was quite effective and i think it should have ended on that but clearly they wanted a open again they wanted to end on ed and the rain warren because they're they're the constant in the franchise that they want to expand i wonder where that chair is now <laughs> yeah probably It'd be worth some money maybe oh, maybe okay. it's in a second hand shop somewhere you know <laughs> <laughs> But it was a quite oh, liked. Hmm. I, sorry, I also quite liked how the house was. The production design was quite cool in this film. Like it was sort of just a really grotty sort of council house. I think it's probably a little too wide and big to really. I, I'm I'm not sure about that, but it's sort of like I feel bigger. like they wanted to make it bigger because they wanted to um, boost the budget and and stuff like that. And I feel like. The houses of that sort are a bit more packed in, or a bit, a bit narrower, maybe. And it um, has a basement. Who has, has a basement. Basements? Yeah, has a basement, underwater. which is interesting. Underwater yeah. basement. Um, you have one of them. You're in. You're no, in London. Um, well, I live in a flat, so that'd be, <laughs> be a bit difficult. <laughs> but but there'd my, be my... basements, won't there? Because not quite often they have, you know, an underground bit. Even if it's yeah. a newish flat you're in, then is it not like an old? Yeah, converted? yeah, it is. I mean, there's like a downstairs area that might. That's I suppose it's a bit underground, but it's I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was a basement. But it's uh, but even my house, you know, my house in Seven Oaks was built in the 30s, and that doesn't have a basement. Um, you can get under the floorboards if you want, but <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. it. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they might they you know they might have had a basement, but I feel like it was part of that sort of horror tropey kind of. Uh, situation uh, you know don't go in the basement guys and don't and don't play with the ouija board which also interestingly with the ouija board stupid. they spend a long time on that ouija board and it, it doesn't come into the film at all it was it's just Not, a guy no, they, they used it and then obviously must have attracted whatever his name was bill uh, bill uh, maybe 
But I thought it was, uh, it was a bit silly, especially as it looked like yeah, it was like it was cut was out from a cereal box or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the nun was there, keeping Bill there, and we don't know why. I guess so, yeah. I don't know why in the nun specifically. Well, Bill was there already, and they, yeah. that the Ouija board brought the nun there. I don't know why the nun would choose somewhere that was so out of the way for the Warrens. If they were trying to attract the Warrens to eventually kill Ed on the on the tree, which is sort of a, a premonition that uh, Lorraine Warren had um, that suddenly sort of revealed in this film um, in from the from the first like exorcism thing that she did. Um, but it's. Uh, it's it's a bit franchise. I mean, you you watch this film and it does feel a bit like two films sort of PVA glued together, um, just just trying to work the franchise into into this story that's kind of irrelevant to it in in in, in some ways, which is a which is a, a bad thing. It didn't bother me too much, but it's sort of it's it's one of those things that's kind kind of obvious. Um, and it's sort of again, you know, Conjuring One did really. We got to, we got to make some more of these. Conjuring Two, bring out Conjuring Two. Oh, but let's let's bring out new characters. The Crooked Man again. <laughs> I I, I kind of liked the sort of again the design of him. I thought he was a bit creepy, but I thought he looked a bit really fake. Look. Yeah, I suppose no, yeah. so. It's a bit sort of it, it felt a bit stop motion animation. Yeah, it's a, it a bit weird. I don't know um, how they would put that into a, a movie. Um, I don't know either. Into a whole movie, anyway. Yeah, I also don't understand. I haven't watched the Nun since it came out, and I don't remember much about it. But I don't understand because they say in Conjuring Two that they're the Crooked Man and the Nun are simply facades for the demon to freak out the the human people, the people. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't get why. The facades are so have to have to be delved into, if you know what I mean. If they're just facades, then why do we need to go into their historical background? If they're why why is there a historical background? It's sort of again, I don't remember the, the we, nun much, so I don't. Have we got any clips, Jess, of that crooked man? Ooh, um, for anyone that's watching and, and, and interested, what, what we're talking about. Um, well, that's probably a scene. We have to be careful. We play as well, aren't we? Mm. You know, because you get people to get like musicians to get really upset about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, is is it the musicians though, or is it the company they? It's the actual musician. I found out. <laughs> yeah, I got a message from him personally <laughs> saying, uh, you know, you can't play more stuff on it. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I won't anymore. And he can go fuck himself as well. So. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got to say. You know? <laughs> but I, 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 I can't. I, I'll rate it in a bit, but I've watched it a few times. And, and, it, and again, it's one of those films. It's not. I think it's meant to be scary. I just find it entertaining. Mm. Not scary at all. Um I found the boys annoying. I can say that. Yeah, it was also um, weird with the boys in that I almost couldn't tell them apart. Um, no, I, I couldn't one, tell which one was which. Obviously, one of them has a stutter, but other than that, I couldn't really. Like, I didn't. I almost didn't know Johnny. I, I Johnny was like, "Oh, Johnny, Johnny." I was like, 
Oh, J- Johnny, I, I have, I'm not sure if I've seen him before. That's the one even well acted stutter as well. You could tell he was mm. acting, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could also tell that the, um, I can't remember the name, but the, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand what that is, uh, Dan, uh, to be honest. I don't I like do. when you're showing clips of me cooking. I, I do. What does that mean? I know exactly what he means. Come on, okay, you're gonna leave that. You're gonna leave that to an enigma. That's what he means. Gotcha. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, it it was it was interesting with the with the children because I mean, uh, so you've got the main actress. I can't remember her name, but the one who plays Janet, who is clearly not from London. Um, Madison. Yeah, I I found it quite off at the start of the film because I feel like the acting at the start isn't. It's a bit off. Yeah. I think towards like the mid and end of the film, it all kind of, it's like they've settled into their characters a bit more, mm. but at the beginning it's very, yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of, um, it's, a, it's a sort of similar with, with like some of the accents. So sometimes it's London, sometimes it drifts into sort of Mancunian accent um, because obviously they're, 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 they're Why trying couldn't to they this. find an English person to do it? I don't Yeah, understand. I... I, I suppose I, I I agree. I mean, I think they like the fact that they're American. Um, I, I think to a certain extent they auditioned like you know thousands of people and they found the right person for that for, for what they wanted. But I think I think they like the fact that it's sort of American she, doing doing British. And she looks um, nothing like the real girl at all. Yeah. But I quite I quite liked. Um, I think her name is Frances O'Connor, who plays the mother. Um, she's in quite a lot of British stuff. Um, I think she was the only performance that I was really convinced by. Um, it was a bit over the top. Uh, the London accent was was a bit a bit too much. I thought it was very much a kind of Americanized idea of what a London accent is. But I thought she did very well. Yeah, very Oliver Twist. And again, that is very much uh, how a lot of Americans see us, um, either really really posh or just yeah from London. Um, it's funny when um, when uh, "Don't Worry, Darling" came out, um, a lot of Americans didn't understand that Harry Styles didn't understand Harry Styles' accent because um, he's from up north, and he was like, "Why is he doing? Why is he doing that accent?" It's like, well, it's, it's, his, "It's his actual voice." Because <laughs> I think a lot of people assume that he's American. What they um, needed was a proper like someone like. Dick Van Dyke will say it. Again, again, that's that's the perception <laughs> uh, uh, for, 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 of, of Britain. Come from on, a, blimey, a governor. Yeah, <laughs> they probably don't see anything wrong with that accent. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to any Americans, you're all intelligent people. Blah blah blah. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, that was a bit. It was a bit off-putting, I guess. But in another way, it's it's a bit fun in the same way that you watch these things and it's quite funny how Americans do. But, I, but again, I, I think they did pretty well compared to a lot of um, American representations of, of um, Britain. I, I, as I said before, I like the fact that it was raining and dreary and grim because um, uh, that, that's England to me and I quite, quite like that. <laughs> Everyone's um, eating biscuits and smoking a fag. Yeah, yeah, well, the digestive biscuits. I, I like that. I like that touch. After watching it yesterday on the way um, to Shane's house, I went to Asda and got biscuits. Yeah, nice. Because <laughs> after watching it, I was like, I need biscuits and yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's, that's product, product placement for you. <laughs> yeah. No, I got that's some so malted milks. And, uh, digestive <laughs> biscuits in America, I wonder. 
they have those. I, I, I don't think they're mm -hmm. as prominent in America, but I think I wanna... um, they're much more sort of trademark here, I think. I'm on the Oreos. Oreos tonight. Nice. nice. That's America yeah. now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got rich tea biscuits in the in the fridge, um, mainly because I'm dieting, but they were all right as well. <laughs> so I used to have just like three chocolate biscuits a day, and I was just like, this, this can't oh, be I sustainable. I ate like half a pack of digesters last night. Like chocolate <laughs> digestives. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. And my breakfast today was just some malted milks. <laughs> wow. I got to work and was I, like, that's all I've got with me. I so. respect that. I respect What that. did Ollie have for breakfast? Because he got in my car. With a, with, no, he had a massive box of something in my car, in my van when I picked him up. Scooby snacks? No, he had a oh, KFC box. Oh, no, he went to KFC box. for lunch. <laughs> Wait. Oh no, I put it in the bin. Okay, I did go and get KFC for dinner after work because yeah. Ollie had been and got himself KFC for lunch and me and Ash were like... Oh right. I thought you were saying that Ollie fished it out the bin or something. No. <laughs> like... no, 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 he had no. a big box of chicken. He's, he's eating it. He wouldn't share it with anyone in my <laughs> van. Oh, my two hours early, right? I don't, yeah, Hayley took him. Spared the life yeah. out of me, okay? I had my headphones in, sound cancelling, right? I'm in the office. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's this bloke walking towards me and I'm like, oh, nope. Amazing. That's my little brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tried to send him to get breakfast because he said he hadn't had anything and then he didn't go, so I made him work. Good. Mm -hmm. Good, he needs to work, lazy git. Yeah. <laughs> um okay. So Jess, would you just mm -hmm. you can tell us what you think and then we'll move on. Uh um, I I like this film. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Um as I said, the beginning is a bit iffy with like the acting and the accents kind of threw me off a bit um i do really really like the scene where she's on the ceiling mm. and it looks to the corner and he's just in the chair mm. and then obviously he gets up and leaves and then suddenly she's in the room above um i really like that scene uh and then the one bit i don't get right as a kid i would never have done this but the little boy gets up to get himself a glass of water all the lights are off it's pitch black out. He's there in the kitchen drinking his water, looking outside. I was like, I could never have done that. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even get up to go to the bathroom at night. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, nope. yeah. I get you. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't like obviously... doing it now. No, yeah. me neither. I'd like my bed's there and my bathroom's there. So, nice. um, but yeah, no. The the last scene as well with a crooked man, where um, is it Ed puts his head in the tent. Yeah. And then he looks up and the crooked man's there. I really like that's good. Mm. I like that scene. There's some quite good effects in this in this movie, which I which I quite liked. I mean yeah. the, the crooked I think man some of it's a bit OTT. Yeah, like, maybe. You see the crooked man a lot more than I think it need be. Yeah. Um the same with some of the other kind of like demons and yeah. yeah. I love the nun. I thought all the nun scenes were great. Yeah, um, I did like the, made, the nun at the end of the corridor. It made um, me want to go and see the nun. This. Thinking it would be along, you know, that path, but it wasn't really at all. I feel like um, her bitiness was a bit overkill. I f did she yeah. have to be that bitey? It just felt like a bit like Pennywise in a way. <laughs> it was just oh, it's biting. <laughs> See, like strangling, really. I thought yeah. strangles a lot. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was good. I thought it was good. Um, so what we rating it? Are you going to play anything, Jess? Or you know, you're not. No. No, so, I was trying what, to find the clip of the woman. Yeah. Uh, but I can't find it. Don't something. worry. So what are we rating it? I'm gonna go not oh I'm gonna say nine. I'll go eight, I think. Mm. Solid eight. 
I think I went an eight on the last one. I prefer the, the first film, so I'd say seven. Okay, I think I went nine on the last one, didn't I? Right. Mm. Is that right? Um, yeah, I'd give this one a, a six. I think I gave the last one a five. I thought it was, as I say, I thought it was more human. Um, I, th I quite, quite like the effects. I like, I like the cinematography. I thought cinematography was an improvement. Um, uh, sort of obvious kind of, some obvious kind of homages, like the scene where the kid opens the back door is a bit close encounters, and then the dog turns into the crooked man, which is a bit thingish. I thought. I thought that was really good, actually. It was that, good. I quite enjoyed thing. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just. Uh, but again, in my head, more than any ghost movie that I've ever seen. Or ghost franchise or whatever you want to call them i I, ju I just think of the logical explanation every time i i, I which is a bad thing when you're watching a ghost movie I, I grant you but things like when um janet is stuck in the sort of it's like a boiler cupboard with the pipes and stuff and stuff like that and she was sort of, it's cool it's, it's quite cool um but then they take her out and then the guy was like well, how did she get in there? It's like, well, you got her out. Surely, 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 she if she if you got her out, she'd be able to go in. It is time, yeah, the other yeah, way. Just, just just stuff like that, which I know, which I know is not the point of watching a ghost movie. But when it's so, when the film is so wrapped up in um, whether it's true or not, or um, do ghosts exist? Oh, yes, they do. By the way, and that, that that kind of thing that kind of annoys me. But I still enjoyed it. I was still entertained, which is a bit annoying for me. But it was it was good as well. So yeah, six. Six. So we're looking at a seven, really. Um, yeah. So logical explanation. <laughs> like yeah. I'm I, not Lawrence, by the way, Dad. Yeah. We, we, we're not going down. I, I don't understand it at all. It was, some stuff was going forwards. And some stuff was going backwards. And I tell you yeah, what, I was. I, I actually saw Lawrence um, in the week. Did you? Right? Came, he came down to London. Um, <laughs> I saw him on. I think on Thursday, I was I was with him and his girlfriend Ria, and um, we we're at a pub, and he was like, <laughs> "We got onto tenor and you could see sort of, I don't know, kind of like a visible headache coming from his girlfriend. <laughs> I hope that's not a bad. I hope that's not inaccurate. But she, she said uh -huh. it made her head hurt. Um, but she, but he sort of like was about to explain everything, and then it was almost like he stopped himself because it's like we've we've both been through this experience before. Well, we've yeah. all been through it with him. It's like <laughs> I ain't got a clue what he's talking about. So okay, so we got the third one next week. Wow. Uh, should we? Are we, are we not doing chron chronologically? Yeah, well, we're doing all of them. Well, well I, I did look I'm, at this, and I'm, I was thinking maybe we should have done this in chronological order of uh, the timeline. We would have to start with but what, But we've then? kind of started a bit late in that. Yeah, so, what so maybe... what release order is. Because what? It's, it's, I think it's Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Annabelle. I think Annabelle comes home, and then The Nun? I thought Annabelle Creation or The Nun were the first ones. So I... I think Annabelle I came before the nun. Order of release was Conjuring, Annabelle, Conjuring 2, Annabelle right. Creation, the nun. Apparently the curse of Lillerone. Yeah, which is But I didn't know that was a part of the I think it's briefly, yeah. I think it's horseshit. But um oh. it's <laughs> so well, we do don't have do to watch them all. We, we can do we Annabelle can next week. We're we're on our way. Anyway, you know, we're gonna do 
old. I can, I, I can hear Lawrence crying as, 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 as I was just expanding. So we'll do Annabelle next journey. week then. That's fine. Yeah. We'll do Annabelle next week. We'll get back on to the, the order of release. Anyway, let's move on to the award-winning part of the show. <laughs> Dan's hot pick. Very well choreographed. <laughs> this week he chose Tumba. Well, look, it looks like Tumbad, but I think it's pronounced Tumba. And that was on Prime, and I watched it a few years ago. Um, let me do my little. Uh, a man and his son encounter a legendary demon while searching for hidden treasure in 19th century India. Okay, so Jess hopefully will show us some of this in a sec. So it's from 2018. I, I think I must have watched it when it first. So, yeah, Dan's done a Larry this week, whatever that means. He hasn't watched Tumbad. Tumbad. Um, yeah, I, I get that. I'd, I'd struggled to watch it. I, I got to it Friday night, I think. Um, <clears throat> looks quite cool. It is really cool. So it's a story about that. There's apparently some kind of God who gives birth to a million gods, but one of them, the oldest one is a bit naughty. So he gets banned. <laughs> um, Cool. He keeps stealing her money and food, something along those lines, and then she banishes him to to her womb or something. Um, <laughs> and um, basically, inside her womb, the, the man can kind of a man or the boy can go down into the womb, and when in there, um, this demon's in there, and as money, gold coins come out of his anus. Okay. <laughs> okay. So if so, they put it in like a. I think it's flour around it, and it can't cross the flour, and and they feed it like these babies make made of bread. Um, <laughs> but when it turns round, it kind of um, these old gold coins comes out of his ass, and then they have to collect the coins and get out quick before it kills them. So that's kind of the story, and it sounds a bit mad, but it is amazing. So well done. Um, and I don't want to give too much. I think I've given away a fair bit anyway. But it's just a very, very good film. Now, I must have watched it when it first came out. See, see, our listeners, our watchers have gone right up since we've gone to Dan's Hot Pick. It's amazing. Uh, um, and where's so it no set? No one likes eh? Where's it set? It's set in India. India. Which and is, it, look, it looks it's in of... foreign as well. Yeah, it's all sort of a bit oldie-worldie as well. Sort of yeah, very oldie-worldie. Yeah. yeah um, there's a lot of child beating and stuff. Um, there's, yeah, it's just, it's a very good film. I think I watched it on Prime a while ago and it's still on there. Um, but we're going right up now. Um, <laughs> I'd give it like seven or eight. I'm surprised Dan hasn't watched it, but you should get on it, Dan. Um, and I think Larry would like, I think you'd, you'd all enjoy it, to be honest. So yeah, Dan's just put from his ass. So he, he's watching it tonight, and you should, Dan, because it's it's quite long, but it's it's amazingly well done. And I think it had a quite a large budget, but didn't do that well at the cinemas and things. But 
again, Dan's knocked out of the park with his hot pick. I think nearly every time there's something decent, quite often better than the main feature. Um, yeah, so I can't explain anymore without giving too much away. I've been coined some asses and <laughs> it's getting beaten. And, and um, yeah, it's that there, there is some really good scenes early on. So I've kind of jumped to the main thing, but I think their grandmother originally kind of picked up the curse as well. And she grew as part of a tree. You know, you know I could go on and on. It, it's just absolutely mental. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the easiest film for me to explain because you're all looking at me in disbelief, really. Aren't you? But, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. It is good. So have a think, Dan, for next week, unless you want to talk about it again next week. Oh, so let's move on to what we watched <laughs> this week, then. What have you been watching? No, seriously, what have you been watching? <laughs> sorry so i just love the sigh before it's just like oh <laughs> i just find it hard to explain that one mm. I, I it's it's mental um so i went to the cinema on tuesday so at work they want to do some testing and some electrical stuff so some of it meant it needed to be done out of hours and, and then there needed to be a gap between the start of a test and the end of the test of about three hours so I went to see Smile on Tuesday while I did the test. But then when I was watching Smile, they cancelled the test. So great. <laughs> but Smile, amazing. What more can I say? Um, it's kind of like it follows. <laughs> so it's that normal pass the curse on kind of paranormal stuff, ghost stuff, demons, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much away because pretty much if you watch the trailer, you get most of it. Um, now, I went with someone who doesn't really watch horror films, although I worked with him and he started watching the podcast and he seems to enjoy it, actually. So he said, why don't we go and watch Smile? So I took him with me. Now, we... It was kind of funny because we sat there at the beginning of the film, just just in the trailers, getting towards the film. He disappeared. And he was gone for about 10, 15 minutes before the film started. So I thought he'd gone home. <laughs> I thought he's done a runner. Right. <laughs> I bet he hadn't. He come back just before the film started. We sit there. Three minutes in, he jumped absolutely out <laughs> Now, it was like half five showing. Yeah. So, And I booked the tickets, I just let them put us in the middle. But anyway, the, the whole row we were in filled up with couples, me and him, obviously, looking like we're, you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he jumps out of his skin, which causes the bloke next to him to jump out of his skin and the window. <laughs> so then, then they're all in hysterics. And this continued throughout because he shit himself <laughs> at most things. And I was just sat there because obviously it's not, I'm not jumping really, but I'm giggling my head off waiting for the next time. And there's some, there was some, there was some parts of the film, I knew that we were going to come, like, I knew there's certain things. There's a, there's a present that's unwrapped. So it's quite a big part of the film. I knew what was in it, um, but he again jumped out of his skin, and it was, it was. I hadn't had that much fun for ages because there was people jumping all over the place, hmm. um, squeal, screams, and it is 
kind of horrific in parts. Some of the scenes. It is an eighteen. Um, there is a lot of suicide. Um, I think the film's mainly about trauma. Um, and you know, have you not you've not seen it yet, Ewan? Uh, no, but I am. Uh, <laughs> contrary to Lawrence last week, who absolutely dicked on it, he hasn't seen it. But he, he hasn't seen it. But he might um, actually. If he liked, he likes it. Follows, doesn't it? So I don't yeah, see why. Yeah. I don't I, see but, why. Like yeah, but I, I, I'm intrigued by this film because it's mainly people smiling in that way. Kind of freaks me out. It's part of the reason why Midsummer. I, I, a lot of people don't find Midsummer scary, but I, I genuinely do because of that kind of. I don't know. It it almost spurs an anxiety attack that film, and part of it is the people just smiling at you, seeming to have some kind of knowledge that you don't have, and you're just sort of anxious about it. I think that's exactly what it's about. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. And doing it with the marketing as well. Like, mm. there's been so many videos of people where they've had the people just stood in the middle of anywhere smiling oh, at people gosh. like that. Um, <laughs> that's hurt their jaw. Mm. Yeah, it's really mm. creepy. I can't do it. <laughs> But it was, it was great. Went on a little bit long. It was a little bit of detective work and stuff like that in it that maybe could have been shortened. Um, I bought a drink in the cinema that I didn't realise was two pints of coke in it. Um, I needed to go to the toilet, obviously, halfway through. And then I needed to go again. But the last 20 minutes, I was in agony thinking I was going to piss myself. So... <laughs> Yeah, so don't ever do that by the two point. <laughs> don't, don't ever do that. So, uh, so Dan's obviously from, yeah, he's from Sweden. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's well into all that stuff, fucking stuffing people in <laughs> bears and setting fire to them. Um, but apparently, like, my, my sister has a friend from Sweden as well, and um, all that stuff that they do you know the the dresses and dancing around the stuff is it, all legitimate it's all it's all part of like swedish tradition so it's a bit <laughs> i don't know it, i i would find it freaky if i was in that i mean i i find i find british fates freaky or english fates freaky yeah what in the um, middle of nowhere these little fates and yeah lawrence yeah. took me to one in a place called red lynch and i just i don't know it freaked me out i never grew up with any of that so it was kind of or at least i was i was i was <laughs> shielded from it <laughs> if it ever happened i grew up with fates so that's just like yeah it's just normal it's a very for you. normal thing yeah it just freaks me out like reminds me of like wicker man and stuff like that so th that is pretty much all i watched there, there's some oh, there's some series i've been watching um but i was kind of running out of time last week you know i've got there's quite a lot of cheese rolling and stuff still to catch up on <laughs> think, so. um but i do have plenty to watch at the moment so i will get on to a bit more um, and there's got some B movies and things I want to catch up on as well, <laughs> but it's getting it's getting the time, it's getting the time to do it. So Dan's put we seldom run around with a mallet though. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's entirely true, Dan. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen what Dan reads. I can imagine he would like running around at night with a mallet quite yeah. easily. I don't know. Sure, that's representative of the Swedish people, though. I think that's just Dan. Just Dan <laughs> <was yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was it, really. So, Jess, did you uh, watch um, anything? Anything I, scary? No, I only oh. watched the latest episode of She-Hulk. Yeah. Which uh, every week it's been a bit meh. Um, you know, so the episodes are you just take them as they are. 
um this episode though i really actually enjoyed there was still a few bits in it that were a bit eh, cringy i guess um but I'm not watching it was it. really it was really enjoyable can i ask because you obviously you're into all that stuff um i did see on disney something about a werewolf pop up earlier yeah werewolf by night just the... what, what what is this is it is it scary well, I mean, Lawrence talked about it a few weeks ago, I think. Um, it's one of those one-off Marvel things that they did um, in the comics. I think they brought it out for Halloween. Um, okay. And they're adapting us. So it's, I, I think it's a sort of horror. Is this, I don't know if it's a series or, or a film, actually. Um, it's, I, the trailers are all in black and white, which is intriguing. Um, I'm not interested enough to really go into it, but it stars... Um, can't remember his name now. It's the bloke from Mozart in the Jungle. Um, I, I I can't remember his name, but he's he's a really good actor, and so I kind of trust him, I guess. But Marvel werewolves, I not. Well, not I thought sure. it looked interesting, but I don't mm. know. Apparently, what? it's one of the best things they've done in ages, Marvel. Oh, um, worth so it might be worth then. a look. Yeah. So, all right, Jess, that was it, really. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you must have watched tons. Have you yeah, watched any quite... horror stuff, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll start okay. with that first. Um, yeah. So uh, as I said earlier, I'm attending the London Film Festival uh, this year. Um, on Friday, I went to see uh, Bones and All, which is uh, Luca Guarnino's new film. Uh, he's the bloke who did uh, the remake of Suspiria and uh, Call Me By Your Name. Very interesting filmmaker. Um, it's also got the screenwriter from Suspiria as well, David Kajganich. Um It's an interesting one because it's marketed as a <coughs> as a um, cannibal road trip through 80s America. Um, and that's the kind of logline. Uh, it stars Timothy Chalamet um, from Call Me By Your Name and various other things, as well as Taylor Russell, who plays the main character, who is <coughs> essentially a teenage cannibal. Um but it's it's far more than a horror film. That there are some gruesome scenes in this film, um, lots of blood, lots of munching on bodies, um, and things like that. But I think it's much more about the road trip, um, and it's about feeling uh, lonely and alienated. Um, so these, so it's mainly uh, this girl called Marin. She basically goes on a road trip with this bloke called Lee, and they form a kind of romance, basically. Um, and they're both cannibals. Um, they both sort of find each other in that in that capacity. Um, and it's much more about their frustration with the fact that they can't sort of um, be part of general society, or at least they won't. They 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 can't see themselves in that way. And as much as they try, they're always they're always going to have that blockage between them and everyone else um and i think that makes the movie very touching it is a road movie first a romance second and a horror film third but the horror scenes are bloody brilliant i have to say and guanino is is someone who does like to mix themes together and certain scenes i mean suspiria as well as a horror film set in a ballet um uh, school it's also about it's also a post-war cold war yeah. Uh, yeah. movie um and i think that i, th I think I, a lot of people don't really like that about guanino but i actually really love it because i think it it sort of expands the film and it makes it more absorbing in a way um 
again it, it takes it takes a really great talent to make it work uh, a lot of people haven't made that kind of concept work but i i think guanino is, is a real talent and i think we should really uh we should keep our eye on him in terms of horror cinema um i think it's a great film i gave it five stars for culture whisper um i think it, I, I thought it was amazing um today i went to a more <coughs> sorry <coughs> i went to a morning screening of living which is a sort of a British remake of a Japanese film called uh, Ikaru, um, which is one of my favorite all-time films. So, so I went into this with a bit of skepticism because I didn't know like how they'd remake it or whatever. But um, despite being a carbon copy in some ways, I thought they did a very good job. So they move it from post-war Japan to post-war London. Um, and it's about um, a sort of bureaucrat in... A sort of uh house and he sort of he's part of the kind of government departments um so like with like parks and rec and all, and all that and um a sort of a play a playground policy or, or idea comes on his thing and it goes around the building saying oh no we can't do anything about that we can't do anything about that until it comes back to his department it's okay we'll just leave it there for a while stars bill nye um who delivers a wonderful performance. I haven't really seen Bill Nye in that capacity. I've only seen him in sort of like Richard Curtis movies, you know, where he's just sort of the, the bumbling fool in some ways. But he here he's a really gen genuinely touching uh, performance because his character is suddenly diagnosed with cancer and he suddenly evaluates his own life. Um, he doesn't go on a, um, a crystal meth binge like uh, Walter White, but he sort of, uh, he tries to go, he tries to experience like, what life is like meant to be for many people so he goes like to parties he sort of uh talks to people who have a bit of a <laughs> so laura larry's just uh just uh, uh written in conjuring two equals poo poo and some more to go down the loo very eloquent phrasing there <laughs> well we got uh annabelle next week Larry, yeah so. good luck with that is he back uh, next week is he back from the dam I think so. I think he's only there for a few days. Um, so he probably is available. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Living, it, it's uh, I, I, I still think it's a beautiful film. It had me crying a few times. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was as good as the original. I think the original is just it's just too good to, to better. But I still think it was a it was a good effort. Um, so I saw that this morning. Um, and there's also uh, the remake, the well, sort of, well, the, the musical version of uh, Matilda, which I saw earlier this week, um, I think on Wednesday. Um, so it's based on the stage musical, which a lot of people have seen um, so on Broadway and the West End and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know what to expect, really, because I've seen the musical. I really enjoyed the musical, but I'm not a big movie musical fan, really, because I don't think a lot of them are done especially well in terms of like visually. I think a lot of musicals just put the camera one place and just film the dances just from one place whereas i think it's it's better to have the camera moving around them and to be part of the action and i think matilda does that superbly well um so for people who don't know the story i'm sure you do but um oh, dan, dan says his amsterdam trip got cancelled during covid that's quite sad dan um you could have met up with larry been amazing. <laughs> yeah um so yeah, so Matilda is a little girl who's in a, a bit of a, who have kind of rough parents, very sort of amoral parents. Um, but she is very intelligent, reads loads of books in one week, 
um, pretty much a, a star of intelligence and the parents forget to put her in a school um, and then she's put in a school um, and the school is run by the most horrible, dreadful headmistress ever concocted. Very Dickensian, I thought. She's very Miss Trunchbull, played by Emma Thompson, who's very, very good. Um, and she's like a dictator with like many screens in her office, like seeing all the all the activities in the school and everything like that. Um, and I, I I really enjoyed myself. I I, I didn't I didn't know um, I didn't know I didn't realize I, I would enjoy it this much. Um, and I gave that film five stars as well because it's just it's just a pure joy to watch. And I think in a in this world of ours, like that's <laughs> you know it feels like it's gradually falling apart. It's nice to go to the cinema and see something that is just totally a, a, a total escape in some ways. And I think that the, the songs are very good as well. Again, I don't, I don't like movie musicals. Well, a lot of them, I don't, I don't like a lot of movie musicals, but this one was a, was a, was a delight. I thought, um, I also, I'll just say a little bit on this one. Uh, I watched white noise, which is Noah Baumbach's new film starring Adam driver and Greta Gerwig. It's based on the, sort of postmodern Don DeLillo novel. Um, I found this film rather boring. If I have to say it. it's basically the basic premise is that there's a professor, an academic of Hitler studies at this American university. Oh. And um, they all talk, all the academics talk in this sort of like postulating way about like, they're all, they all talk in sort of like axioms and, um they're talking about that such sort of academic dialogue i found that really infuriating but then there's like a catalyst where toxic waste is suddenly spread around this university town and they're thrown into a kind of quarantine situation i think probably partly influenced by covid in in, in some respects um but i found it just so wayward and so just going almost like an improvised thing in some ways it just goes into like weird directions which i guess i like in, in a lot of films but in this one i feel like baumbach is sort of out of his element because he usually does kind of woody allen-esque kind of sort of small dramas with like uh sort of intellectuals but it's quite it's quite a nice sort of romance between them and stuff but here he's he's sort of out of his elements in a kind of like almost weird post-apocalyptic situation um i like the end the end was good but i but i i didn't like it overall um also just a, just one more thing um on tv on sky comedy uh and hbo um there's a show called the rehearsal um which is a sort of reality tv situation i, I don't watch a lot of reality tv but this one is very strange and interesting in that it's done by this sort of socially anxious comedian called Nathan Fielder. And the premise of it is, is that he gets people who are about to face a difficult situation, one they, one that they're worried about going wrong or, or anything like that. So with a massive budget, Nathan Fielder builds the situation for them. So for example, um, in the first episode, it's a man who has to tell um, a woman he likes that he's not as academically um, uh, sort of uh, sort of academically successful as as she is, and he, she's been he's been hiding that from her. 
and so they so, so they build a set of the of the bar which that which they um, are going to have this interaction they hire an actor to play her and they capture that situation and they go through all the possible responses in a kind of schematic situation um and I, I really liked I really liked the series. I've got two episodes to go, but I, I, I it's really weird. It's really fascinating in terms of psychologically fascinating. I'm not sure to what extent it's staged, but I feel like you can you, you kind of know when something is staged and when it isn't. And I feel like for the most part, this isn't staged. Um, it's just really weird. Um, but I think it it goes into that thing of like I mean, social anxiety, which I have. It's kind of it shows how much it kind of it kind of visualizes the experience in some ways it kind of just like um because you sort of <laughs> larry just said think at this point i've drunk my weight in heineken good for you larry good for you but um but yeah the experience of social anxiety where you just sort of prepare over prepare for a situation that is probably going to be fine in the end it kind of visualizes that so beautifully and i really like it i i, I question some of fielder's methods i think some of them are problematic um and maybe 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 verging on the immoral but i think fielder kind of goes with it and he doesn't hide from the more uh problematic parts of his um show um but i thought it was wonderful it's it's, it's on sky comedy in the uk and on hbo in the, in the us um it's definitely worth worth checking out it's good. definitely look at that okay You've watched a lot more than I have. <laughs> a lot more. <clears throat> so next week, um, Dan's picked out Bloody Hell from 2020 for his hot pick. <laughs> I think he's Australian. I don't know much about it. Don't think I've seen it. So it's Australian, so it's bound to be quite funny, I would have thought. <laughs> um, our episode 96 will be Annabelle. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um. Are you back for that, Larry? I hope so. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's the Bone Toy Pod, Instagram as well. What else have we got? Bone Toy Pod at gmail.com. You want to email us? What? what else have we got? YouTube. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the like button. Do all those things. Um, yeah. So, really, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week with uh, Annabelle. I bet you're all really looking forward to that. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much and goodbye. Bye.